right, y'all. Welcome to the first episode of All Takes Battle, man. We're here with the guys today, man. This is Derek Williams, skinny the pebble, skinny man, all of the above. <laughs> man, we got over here, we got Jamal, man. Make sure you hit everybody on IG, man. We got our man, man, the famous, man, the great sports reporter, man. Hendo, Hendo, what's going on, baby? Hey, bless, man. The Zeke apologist is in the building. Um, oh, man. You know, the Dallas Mavericks aficionado, the MLB aficionado, we in the building, man. I'm happy to be here with my guys, man. Y'all be sure to subscribe, support these dudes, like the videos, and leave a comment for them. Appreciate <laughs> Jamal, how you feeling today, man? I'm good, man. Uh, glad to have the first one. Let's get this thing started, man. I right, want to get this thing started. All right, well, let's go ahead and hop into it, man. Ma, we got a big weekend this weekend, man. This rivalry gets a lot better, man. UGA 1 versus Tennessee 2, man. They call this a game of the century, man. It always happens in the SEC for whatever reason. I always happen in the SEC. So, Ma, what you got on that, man? Um, Of course, I got Georgia winning. But, man, I before the season, man, when you look at when you looked at Georgia's schedule, uh, to me, Tennessee was the only possible loss, the, the toughest game they had. Uh, on the schedule. Um, Tennessee's been impressive, man. Georgia's been shaky. Um, to me, I think uh, when it comes down to it, I think Georgia's been here. Tennessee is uh, on the rise. Uh, more power to, to Josh Heupel and what he's doing up there in Knoxville. But um, I think at the end of the day, the better team is going to be Georgia. Um, they're at home between the hedges. Uh, I expect a win by Georgia, man. Yeah. Hendo, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, look, man, Georgia's Georgia. I mean, I like Jalen Hyatt. I like what he did a couple of weeks ago. He's had a couple of big games. He's he's putting himself in that draft stock, but at the end of the day, it's Georgia, man. And I think Georgia's in the class of their own. No disrespect to the other teams that we'll probably talk about, but Georgia's in the class of their own. Um, I think that they did lose a linebacker. I think it's Smith that's out now, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, this no. team is still this team is still dangerous. Um, I expect to be a game from from the tight end uh, Bauer. So you know, I just I'm, I'm going with Georgia. I think Georgia wins this game. I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be. I think the first half will be close, but I think the second half Georgia's gonna put it on them. Um, I just think that Georgia is who they are, man. But I'm gonna show some love to Tennessee. But yeah, Georgia's gonna. They got this game. This this yeah. is a lot for them. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all, man. At the beginning of the season. Um, I was high on Tennessee. You know, I said Tennessee would be the second best team in the East. Um, mm -hmm. I, I felt real good about uh, Hooker. I felt real good about Hypo and just what they had last year. They was in a lot of games last year. Mm -hmm. They just could not pull it off. But I think the difference in this game right here is going to be defense. And Tennessee, as great as that offense is, Hypo come bringing a, a Big 12 high explosive offense to the SEC. Um, I think defense – is ultimately what's going to uh, hurt Tennessee. Tennessee does not play great defense. I mean, they can score, um, but I think Georgia's going to be the best defensive team they go up against. And this is just my hot take, man. All takes matter, right? Yeah. Uh, Georgia's going to win by 10-plus points this weekend yeah. um, between the hedges. I got Georgia winning by 10-plus points. Uh, I, I think we're going to be able to get be able to cover Tennessee the way that Alabama could not. We're not bringing a safety up. And, uh, hey, if you're going to run the ball, Tennessee – Run it. I got Georgia by 10 plus points, man. That's I, my high take on that. I, I think I think Georgia's gonna have to run the ball, continue to they, they look good running the ball last week. Um the runs been spotty this year. But I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to stops, man. Um and Georgia has the, the ability to make stops. Um can Tennessee do it? I don't know. Is that defense as good? Like they gave up what, 40, 
two points to Alabama. Yeah, uh, 49, 49. 49. 49. Yeah. 49. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying our offense is Alabama, but uh, when Tennessee needed to make stops, they couldn't make stops against Alabama. So, yeah. I think it's going to come down to that, man. Uh, yeah. I think Georgia can make stops. We're going to see if Tennessee can make some. And Georgia's been there. Once again, like you said earlier, they've been there, dog. Like, this team has been there. Like, this is this ain't a pressure game for them. This is no. definitely a pressure game for Tennessee to make everybody know, hey, we here. Like I said, I like Jalen Hyatt, but he ain't seen that kind of defense yet. We're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see. All right, let's move on. Stay on college football. The uh, college football rankings, man, the playoff rankings come out tonight. Hendo, mm. yeah. what's your top six? Who you like right now tonight? How you think it's going to go? Well, I mean, obviously Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia's clearly number one. I know people want to say, well, they've had some few games where you can look, but Georgia's number one. Um, Tennessee should definitely be number two. I'll say this. TCU, I know I'm being a little homerish on this, but if you watch TCU this year, they've had a lot of comeback wins. Um, I'm a huge fan of Keandre Miller. Um, I think right now he's a – he has like 900-some rushing yards. He's been amazing. Quinn Johnson, if you guys don't know, wide receiver – He's talented to being one of those special like, type of receivers in the draft. I mean, Max Dugan, like this TCU team, Sonny Dykes got me going, y'all. Like, I, I like what TCU is doing. Um, I think they should be in the top six. I don't know exactly where, but I do have them in the top six. Um, I know strength of schedule doesn't help them a little bit, um, but they do play Texas. So, I mean, Texas ain't the greatest thing, but it may put some legitimacy to it. Um, I like Ohio State. I know we got a friend of ours that is going to love that. I, Ohio State is three right now. I mean, C.J. Stroud is C.J. Stroud, but mm-hmm. I will give Ohio State that nod. Um, Bama, even though they do have the one loss, I think that they still should be warranted as a top 16. Um, I still think Tennessee, TCU is better than them, so I'll put Bama at six. And then one more team, um, I'm going to go Michigan, man. I'm going to go Michigan. I just think that, like, yeah. you got to do, do some – like I said, Georgia's – I don't care who's two, three, four, five, or six. Yeah, Georgia's number one for me. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like there's no team right now in, in college football. When Georgia's at their peak, I don't think there's any team that comes close to them. And I like I said, even if Tennessee were to lose this game going forward, I still think depending on how they lose, you should still put them in the top six. But I think if they do do it today, I think TCU does move up a notch. If I'm not mistaken, the last poll, they may have had them at six. Um, I think TCU has a chance to be in the top four. I don't know about top three because of the schedule. And I think Ohio State does have that edge to be number three. But, yeah, I think TCU definitely deserves love. But Georgia, clear-cut number one. I don't want to hear it from anybody else. And y'all got y'all love from Georgia for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the top six are going to be chalk. Um, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and and Clemson. Those are that, That's what the poll will say. Um, I don't think Clemson is one of the six best teams in the country. Um, I hear you with the TCU, uh, Hendo. Yeah. Um, I, I would take Clemson out and put Oregon. Um, Mm. what I saw against UCLA, I saw, it was a different team from when they played us week one, uh, when we beat them 49 to three or something like that. Um, defensively, uh, how they played against UCLA. Um, in a big game like that, big big atmosphere for the Pac-12, um, that that showed me something, man. They're a different team than eight weeks ago. So if I if I had to pick a team right now, I would say to sit, the, the, to go along with those other five and take Clemson out. It'll be Oregon. Um, I still don't think Oregon 
has a chance to get to the to the playoff though, because I think USC will beat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still I'm still holding on to my my preseason pick of uh, UCLA getting to the playoff. Like but uh, Oregon, Oregon right now, I think has done uh, been more impressive than TCU. But TCU, uh, yeah. clearly the best team in the Big Twelve. So, but those yeah, would be my six. The lack of Big Twelve, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, I, I think I think the Big Twelve has been more competitive, though. You know, this this season right here, I, mm-hmm. you know, I've been I've been high on Texas, even though they, you know. They pretty much fell off. Um, but my, my six, of course, Georgia, Georgia's number one. Uh, I feel Tennessee is number two. Okay. Um, if I had to put a number three, and I'll put Michigan over Ohio State. Um, I, I think Michigan is is, is is the better team right now. Um, I take Michigan over, over Ohio State. Um, but I, I will park Ohio State at four. Um, I definitely like the, uh, the TCU at five. And I got Alabama at six. I mean, mm. just being yeah, honest, man. I think I, I think Bama is the uh, is the second best team in the country. I mean, Tennessee won on that day, but I feel like we played that game ten out of ten, ten out of ten times. Alabama will win nine. Yes, I, I, I really do feel that. Even though I called, you know, in the beginning of the year that Tennessee would beat Alabama, I felt like this would be their year. Um, Alabama got the best player in, in in football. I mean, we we saw that on the field. So I, I think Alabama is the uh, is the third best team in the country, but they will be six on that poll. So uh, Clemson, mm. that schedule. Um, I mean, Boston College just lost to UConn. All right. I mean, they just. I mean, Boston College lost to UConn. Yeah, and, and and you know Clemson's gonna get a, a a pat on the back because they win the ACC. I mean, I, I think that's a joke right now. So, uh, no, no, those are my six. Now, this is a good one right here, y'all. This is a good one. I don't know if y'all seen Shannon Shaw's podcast, man, but he had Dwight Howard on, man, and um, Dwight said he feels disrespected. And and y'all, you know, we we've been talking amongst each other for a while, man. And I told y'all, man, I I, I think Dwight is the, the top three, my top three most disrespected players ever, man. So, Ma, I'm gonna pass mm-hmm. to you, man. We, we, man, what's your thoughts on, on on Dwight Howard and him feeling disrespected? Top three most disrespected player ever. That's, yeah, I, I think I can go with that. That's, yeah, I I can probably agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with him, man. One, like he said, to not be on the top seventy-five is asinine. R- r- is yeah. ridiculous, uh, especially when you take into account the guys that are that that actually made it, that you know have played in the last twenty-five years. Like the guys that he put on, uh, there's no way Dwight shouldn't have made it over a few of those guys. Um, for him not to be in the league now, um, oh no, I think it's still this perception about Dwight. That's out there. He, he doesn't take the game serious. He, he worries about uh, outside things other than basketball. Um, for the most part, I don't think that should be the case. Uh, he, he can still help a team. He can, he can definitely help a contender. Um, like why the Lakers or um, shit, somebody like the Hawks, somebody who need a, a backup big, why they wouldn't give him a call uh, to come give him 15, 20 minutes sometimes. I don't, I don't understand why. Why that wouldn't be the case. Um, it has to be something other than what he does on the court, uh, I think. But yeah, I, I agree with Dwight. He he should feel disrespected. Yeah, um, for me, you know, just covering the league and um having opportunities to talk to Dwight, I will say that um there's a sense around the league, you know, just asking past players about Dwight, the immaturity part that a lot of people hold weight on him against still, which 
to me, I just think that his play overmatched that, especially in his mm-hmm. prime. Um, that was a point in time that he was in Charlotte, right? He was giving that team 14 and 12 a game. 14 and 12 in any NBA year is a damn good year for a guy that was supposed to be over the hill, right? Um, yeah. Dwight right now on the Dallas Mavericks would be a starting center, considering that, they, you know, they got JaVale McGee and different mm-hmm. guys, but he's better than those guys, I think, in my opinion. And um, He should feel disrespected. I mean, like, he gets he gets the run of the well when he was at his best the center position died yeah. and now we can never you know it's revitalizing now with Jokic and B those type of guys but he gets the run of that they people use that against him and I think it's unfair Dwight to me is he's a generational guy he was once yeah. a generational guy I mean he he's in my opinion not naming Shaq what he did for that organization he's probably the, to me the either the second or third most important Orlando Magic player ever. Maybe the first, depending on how you look at it, because he got them to the finals as well and um, being the guy. And like yeah. I said, Dwight, yeah, he should feel disrespected. I mean, the 75 greatest, you know, like I said, you ask these OGs out there, I never really hear much about him. And yeah. I always wonder, is it, is it a hate, you know, or is it just because he was a, a defensive guy, but he still gave you 19 or 20 a game and mm-hmm. excellent rebounder. But, yeah, he could be – right now, Dwight Howard could be anybody's backup. I can't think of a backup in the league right now. Better than <laughs> That's better than him. Yeah, exactly. it's like come on, man. Like Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard walks on the floor, but I do think that people hold weight on his maturity a little mm. too much. Like he's 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 smarter now, wiser. But there's always been the rumblings about you probably don't want him in the locker room because of some of the antics. But I also think he doesn't get the fresh shake. So yeah, Dwight should feel disrespected. Yeah, I mean, like I say, top top three most disrespected player ever. Um, yeah. Even when he was with the Lakers in their championship season, man, if you look at the way they officiate Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. Dwight Howard don't get the benefit of a doubt on any call. If he's around there, they're going to call foul on Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. He don't get officiated properly. Um, top 75, we're looking at top 75. You can't tell me, man, with the number of defensive player of the years, the number yeah. of rebounding titles, the number of block titles Dwight Howard has, averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds a game. I mean, it was a 20 and 10 guy. At one point, Dwight Howard was the top three player in the NBA. ESPN mm-hmm. even rated him as a, as a top three NBA player. And first, you tell me that he's not top 75? Exactly. But you got some guys on there that don't have any accolades, you know, but they can, they can, they can shoot. Um, you know what I'm saying? But you know, they don't have it in there. Like what Dwight Howard was for the game, man, what he is for the Orlando magic. And today, like Dwight Howard can still play. The man is still in shape. The man can still get you 20 points. It's just that the game changed on him at, at the center position where the center position is pretty much changed. And now we fall in love with, uh, I would say European style of basketball, but you know, the man has a personality. You can't hate that. You know, he has a personality. He's going to laugh. He, you know what I'm saying? He's going to bring light to any room that he's in. That shouldn't be a knock on his play. Every team that he's went on, man, has been a contender. Um, he's held his end on defense. Yeah, he's in year 19. But at year 19, Dwight Howard is probably still more athletic and probably can still do way more than guys in year three or four in the league. So should he be disrespected? Should he feel that way? Absolutely. Like I say, he's the number three most disrespected player in history to me in the game of basketball. So exactly. Yeah. Nah, he has a, he has a strong case right there. Yeah, I agree. Ooh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Baltimore Ravens get Roquan Smith. Hendo, does it move the needle for you? No, it does not. Because I mean, look, yeah, defensively that team does have some 
like holes in the defense. And obviously getting one of the better linebackers for ball. And look, all of our teams, we would celebrate having a guy like that on our team. But for me, this once again shows the proof and DNA of how this team is built. Um, you're hearing stories about Brandon Cooks. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the next hour or so, right, with the trade deadline. But you got guys like Brandon Cooks. Odell hasn't signed. If this team doesn't address that wide receiver position and at least get another guy in there, I like DuVernay. I like Bateman. I like those guys. But you need a guy. You need a guy. And I'm not talking about, like, you need a top ten receiver. But you need a guy to go along with that offense. I just – my thing is that division is winnable, as we see last night. And shout out to Maul on that. But that division is very winnable. Um, they they got the chance to do it. Roquan does help them, but I don't – it's not moving the needle. Like, at the end of the day, this team has an offensive issue, and we know what the offensive issue is. There's probably two people we look at, and that's Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, and I feel like it's probably more of the philosophy that they're trying to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Roquan Smith, to me, I, how are they going to pay this guy? So you, you're telling me you're going to pay him and you got to worry about Lamar's contract. Now, I do know that's a compensatory pick that go along with that. So if they don't resign them, they get a third-round compensatory pick from that. But mm. to me, for Chicago, looking at Roquan Smith's last game, I mean, Tony Pollard was running right back past Mary play, and it looked like he didn't want to be out there. So we'll see. So, But, yeah, like I said, it, I think it may help them defensively slightly, but we know the issue of this team, and we talk about it all the time. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's on you, uh, Scanner. You got me. I mean, you know my my thoughts, man. I I, I don't think that <laughs> for yeah. for for Baltimore to win it, um, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be defense, man. I, I think Baltimore got to be able to make plays when it comes time to make plays when you're going against a lot of the better teams in football. Mm-hmm. And I think the guy that you're gonna pay the most money to, um, he's gonna have to be able to be the one to move the needle and. Uh, I think we still have questions on that right now. And so um, if, if anything, because, I mean, what I've heard all year long is that the quarterback does not have any help on offense. Yeah. And um, if he doesn't have any help on offense, then, you know, Baltimore, why do you feel the need to address the defensive side of the ball if your guy needs more help? And right now what I've heard, uh, Hendo and Jamal, is that he don't have a – wide receiver he don't have a a a a big name wide receiver and so um if we go talking about moving the needle you know why do you feel roquan is more important than a big name wide receiver at the trade deadline so i don't think it moves the needle um i I think baltimore we're gonna get what we get probably a uh probably a first round wild card or division round exit um does this move the needle um no, but um, I'm going to try to be unbiased here. Uh, anybody who know me know uh, Roquan is my favorite middle linebacker from Georgia. Um, surpassing my man Odell Thurman uh, a few years ago. Um, also, if anybody knows me, they know middle linebackers are, I, I believe middle linebackers are a dime a dozen. Um, just yeah. like, you know, a lot of positions. I think I think every when you talk about Baltimore, when you talk about Chicago, when you talk about Roquan himself, I think all three of them won here because on one side, Chicago, Chicago's they're on the rebuilding stage. For you to get a two and a five and maybe something else for Roquan is a win because you don't want to pay him, but you also get a couple draft picks that can help you in the long run. 
So I think it's a, a win for them. For Baltimore, um, you get a you give up those picks. Um, and again, I'm not big on middle linebackers making your team better, but I think Roquan is a is a legit middle linebacker. And I think because they are bottom third in points and yards on defense, I think he does help them. Yeah. Um, that doesn't say, like you guys uh, said before, it shouldn't stop there. They do need weapons on offense. Uh, no need to go into that and in, in the conversations we had <laughs> all of here. <laughs> but um, so I think it does help them on defense. It doesn't make them better than they are overall as a team. They still win that division probably. They get into the playoffs. Um, Roquan may or may not help that uh, help them in the playoffs. Uh, you know that's well that's yet to see. But for Roquan, you go to a team that's probably if they're giving up a second and they're giving up you know a fifth and whatever, they're probably going to pay you. So that's a win for Roquan. You go from a team that won't pay you to a team that's. If they give that up, they're probably going to pay you. So that's a win for all three in my in my uh, estimation. But um, does it move the needle? No, because that team does have to do more on the offensive side to be a, a Super Bowl contender. So yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. It doesn't move the needle, but it does help their defense get a little better. Yeah, like I would like like to me like with J.K. Dobbins being hurt, mm-hmm. this team has a run issue right now. And to me, like, uh, I look at San Francisco going after Christian McCaffrey. If the story is true about Alvin Kamara, he's available. I mean, it may take, a, from what I've heard, it may not take as much because you're taking on that salary. You yeah. need weapons on offense. And to me, look, I, I, Mark Andrews is that guy. He's arguably the second best tight end in football, depending on how you feel about it. We know who one is. But, yeah, I just broke one like if they, if they could have got Alvin Kamara for a second and a fifth, I think oh. they would have took Alvin Kamara over Roquan. I think yeah. that would have been easy. But you I, right I think about they won the first for Alvin. You're right about that on Roquan, though, because the middle linebacker position is very interesting because, like, it's not that many guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, usually when you go get a guy like that, that means he has to be good, right? Like, I can't think of too many middle linebackers better than Roquan Smith in football. Exactly. And he may be the best right now, right? So, you know, like you got Fred Warner, different guys like that, mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner, but he's that guy. So, yeah, I guess from Nate's team standpoint, they, they've had a history, obviously, with Ray Lewis. Yeah. They look at the middle linebacker position different than what we probably all do. But, yeah, exactly. there's no way they walk out there with. Like I said, I love Bateman and Duvernay and this Wallace kid who we haven't even seen yet. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's let's hop into this one. And this this is this is one that um <laughs> hey hey oh, hey I'm gonna go ahead and jump jump in on this one right here. Uh which division leader surprises me? Uh the first one is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons is 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 is, is by far. I mean, Jamal, please hey, leave me alone. Um the Atlanta Falcons what? being number number one in the NFC South. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't see that one, but I think the one that's even bigger than that one, um, the Seattle Seahawks. If you would have told me midway through the season that Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. were the number one team in the NFC West, I would have lost all my money, man. I Seattle by far is my surprise division <laughs> leader right now by far. Uh, uh you, you can go ahead, Hendo. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, the Falcons, man. I mean, you got Marcus Mariota, who, I mean, quote unquote, just I guess they're improvising, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they got the talent outside, man. Like I'm a I'm a huge Drake London and Kyle Pitts fan. They play hard and they're missing probably one of one of the best cornerbacks in football, if not the best in AJ Terrell, who I'm very high on. Um, yeah. they just find ways to win. And I know people want to use the well, they're in the worst division, but you still gotta win. And every year that, or every week that team that we have picked, like especially for me, I picked them not to win. They've won, and like I said, <laughs> I gotta I gotta give them love where it's at. I, I don't care if they're four and four or whatever they are. They they're winning games, man, and we gotta yeah. give them love. Like, look, they're in a situation right now where they there's no quarterback right now that's out there, but they're a team that's sort of like in a weird spot, right? Because you probably want to bank on the idea of maybe per se tanking to go get the CJ the quarterback like CJ Stroud maybe in the first. Mm-hmm. Week. You're in a situation now when you're in the middle of the draft, especially with the way the NFL's been this year. So I'm gonna say them off the bat, and then you're right about the Seahawks. Who would have thought Geno Smith would be would be out there? I can't. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I can't name too many guys on that defense. <laughs> like I, I know the offense. Like I know. And look, the offense they've had the injury. Um, Penny, he got hurt, right? They brought this Walker dude. All of a sudden, he's he's amazing, right? But um, you got Metcalf. You got you know you got Tyler Lockett, different things. But yeah, Geno Smith has done his job and. Like I said, yeah, it's very shocking that those two teams are in the spot they're in. But it also shows that, like, look, man, like, they, they got talent on those teams. I think that it just takes a little tweaking. And, like, in Atlanta spot, the quarterback position probably getting better or upgraded or two. Like, who knows? That number eight over there in Baltimore may end up in Atlanta with that type of talent. And then sky's the limit. But I'm impressed. I mean, like I said, Atlanta, they won me over, man. Just realizing for my fantasy sake that Cordell Patterson ain't played and they still able out there to put up points like that, regardless of who they play. Got to show them some love. So Atlanta's definitely my number one clear cut. Yeah, I I think it's the same for all, all three of us, uh, Atlanta and Seattle. Uh, just to take it back on Hendo with my Falcons, um, for Cordell Patterson to be out, um, for the injuries we've had to, to key players. Um, we've still played pretty good all year. We've, we've competed. Uh, surprisingly we've, we've competed, but they got a lot of guys that have pride, man. A lot of guys that after this year want to have a job in the NFL and like that take don't lie, man, you get out there and you don't perform on a losing team, winning team that that's your resume. So we got a bunch of guys out there who are fighting, clawing to, to get, you know, get a name for themselves. So yeah, they are the most surprising. Um, I, I, I still, some in me says they won't win the division, um, but I'm I'm happy they are they're leading it right now. Um, we're we're in a Hendo, like you said with Mariota, we're in a we're in a a real pickle with this quarterback thing because we drafted Desmond Ritter, and yeah. if we are competing to win the division. Will we see Ritter this year? Don't think so. I think if we if we stay competitive and if we're in the hunt to win the NFC South, we don't see Ritter, and I think the team goes into goes in a different direction. Um, maybe if they can find somebody in the second round or late in the first round, they go quarterback, or maybe they find a better bridge quarterback uh, on the market in the offseason, or they stick it out with Mariota for another year. Um, who knows? With Seattle, I don't think they'll win that division. Uh, San Francisco is my Super Bowl pick, so I think they'll end up winning it, especially with the addition of McCaffrey. But um, I agree, again, we, we all agree on the same uh, two teams. 
Seattle is surprising. Uh, who would have thunk Geno would have had a better season thus far than Russell Wilson? It's amazing. Geno, man, might have resurrected his career so far. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, man, the most disappointing teams – uh again anybody that know me i was high on jacksonville still high on jacksonville yeah. i had jacksonville winning the afc south been a been a tough go bunch of tough losses um so for me that's a disappointment on the on the other side and the Chargers. Chargers, a lot of a lot of key injuries i thought the Chargers would win the afc west doubt that happens now kansas city has been playing some really good balls so uh just to you know uh, get off topic a little bit. I think those two have been mo- most disappointing for me this year. I like that. And, and for me, I would say Green Bay because, you know, we knew the receiver position was an issue. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that it would be to this extreme to where, like, uh, they may not actually be good. And to me, I, I got to take back what I said. I think we, we were all together when I kind of mentioned how is Minnesota even considered the best team in that division, but it's clear cut who's the best team in that division. Maybe yeah. something changes a couple of weeks, but – Green Bay, Green Bay and, and Las Vegas, you know, Skinny talked about how Las Vegas, everybody kept saying, you know, Devontae Adams is there. They don't have an excuse. You added you added one of the best season football to a team that had a guy that caught 100 balls last year and a tight end and a running back that a lot of people deemed that's still pretty good with, yeah. with Derek Carr. So, yeah, Vegas yeah. took that too. Yeah, I, I felt yeah. like Vegas wasn't going to move the needle with Devontae. I mean, if you just saw the way he played. But if we're going back to disappointing team, of course, I'm – I'm most disappointed by my, by my Broncos. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's close. Um, I, I thought Russell Wilson was going to bring an offense, and uh, I should have known better with Nathaniel Hackett because Green Bay only ran back shoulder throws to Devontae Adams. That was the only play they had, so I should have knew that he did not have an offensive bag. But uh, he pump faked us, um, mm. and Russ just don't look like anything right now man but hopefully you know they'll get some things we're not too far out of the hunt uh we still got kansas city twice got uh vegas one more time and uh we see the charge and, and all those games we were every game we lost we were in the game so we could easily be seven and oh right now and we can easily be on seven right now as well so that's my thing now hendo i want to throw this one to you mm-hmm. auburn fired their coach and it's been some rumblings in the air is this something Dion should consider? Do you think Dion is a top candidate? Do you think Auburn would consider Dion as well? Uh so the Dion thing is interesting because I know there's some dynamic of um, you know, what he's done for the HBCU, um, what he's done with Jackson State. I think they should consider him. Um Koshwa is in need of a guy like that in a bigger power conference. Uh Dion does have the cachet with um NFL teams. And organizations, and I think that helps them from a recruiting standpoint too, because you get guys like one thing is like when you go to Bama, when you go to Georgia, the first thing that's talked about, yeah, we want you here, education is everything, but you got a chance of making the NFL. And I think that if you get a Dion in there, who wouldn't want to go play for arguably to me, in my opinion, one of the 10 greatest football players ever. And will it help them win immediately? I don't know, but I also think that Dion has the, the charisma. Um, to put people in the seats. Um, we never really had that as with coaches, right? Like Nick Saban is, is you know, Kirby Smart, those guys are, are great guys, but they're not like 
put people in the seats. Their talent puts people in the seats and how they coach. But Dion's going to put people in the seats just because he's Dion. Now, if I'm Florida State, I'm probably looking at like, dang, we probably should have jumped on that a little sooner. But I think they should give him a chance. And I think that, like, his recruiting is going to be phenomenal. I mean, look what he was able to do to get the kid that he got. I mean, to go to Jack State. I think that right. now he has the he's gonna have the money, the resources, um, the opportunity. Um, now I don't know how they're gonna feel about his antics. That's gonna be another story, but I also think guys like Nick Saban, the SEC, they're gonna embrace that because that's another guy you can put on TV every week. And think about the SEC that that network like that programming, how that's gonna work. You can put Armin on TV, you can put Dion on TV every week. People love Dion. He's you either love him or hate him, but he's probably more love. So I think yeah. they give him a chance. And I think if I'm a recruit, I'm looking like obviously I probably take Georgia because of who they are and Bama, but I wouldn't be bad to go play for Dion either right now. I mean, first things first, Auburn would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't kick the ties on Dion trying to get him get him there uh, as a head coach. Um my biggest thing about Dion at, at Jackson State is at what point are you going to play somebody? Um, I get I get you you dominating the swag. Um, you know, you play play other small schools, but at what point do you like the product on the field becomes impressive? Like and that only happens if you actually play some good competition. You're not you're not gonna find good competition in the swag. So at what point will Dion feel I got I got enough talent on my team to go play? And I, I'm not saying go play an SEC school. Mm-hmm. Uh, go play a Sunbelt school. Go play a, a top you know a top half of the league Sunbelt school or a Mount West school. At what point does that happen? Um, like because at some point that 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 may get old and stale like right now he's he's top of the world um he has everybody talking about uh who is swack i am swack and that's cool he got all the hbcus feeling good about themselves thinking they can be the next one but at some point um he's gonna have to produce something other than getting a bunch of transfers um you know doing a bunch of videos and all that he's gonna have to produce on the field so um but back to my original point Auburn would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't kick the ties on him. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Mal. I I think Auburn has to reach out. I think Dion has to consider it, entertain it. Um, I think that's the words that he used. Hey, I will entertain the offer. I don't think um, I don't think Dion fits. Um, and Hendo, I think based on the reasons, a lot of the reasons that you said, you know, Dion is a personality within itself. And one thing that Jackson State gives Dion the ability to be is himself. And with him being himself, you know, I, I don't see a Auburn allowing, uh, uh, you know, Key Glock to be in the locker room, Snoop Dogg to be in the locker room. You know, when you see Dion on the field during the middle of the game, you know what I'm saying? And they, and they playing uh, uh, see murder, you know, during the middle of the game. Uh, I, I don't think Auburn – is ready for that. And so I think if Dion goes to a power five school, he's going to have to coach a power five school their way. And, but he's been able to build Jackson's Jackson state his way. And so I, you know, 
I don't think it's a money issue. I mean, Dion is still heavily endorsed. I mean, he got he got beats. Uh, he, he has Aflac. It's not like he's hurting getting money uh, for himself um, in that in that standpoint. So I think if he goes to Auburn, it's gonna be more than the school. Like you know, you mentioned Nick Saban. Nick Saban, as great as Nick Saban is, probably the best football coach ever. He's not bigger than Alabama. All right, he's he's a god in Alabama, but he's not bigger than Alabama. But mm. Dion, as a personality, Jackson State allows Jackson State to be Dion. So I don't I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good fit. But I'm glad to see Dion has some value in 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 um in the coaching ranks. But uh, Maul, I agree with you as well. Um, I don't know if they change this year with the SWAC champion be able to go and compete in the um Division One AA playoffs. Like I want to see them play some North Dakota states. You know, let's see where Jackson State. You know. Uh, ranks up when you put a hat on a hat against the other uh, D1 AA schools because, yeah, exactly. he, he's the big fish in this pond. But, you know, even though this is year two, it seems a little bit, you know, longer because we had that that abbreviated COVID season that they played in the spring. But this is st- technically still year two. But um, I want to see what Dion matches up when we go into these, um, these, bigger, these bigger ponds with the North Dakota States and all those guys mm-hmm. as well. So now this is a guy I've been bragging on. Uh, Oh yeah, I, I felt like uh, it, it was his time. But what do y'all feel about uh, Mr. Hooker being the Heisman favorite this year? Uh, dethroned the guy right now up in Ohio State. Everybody said that guy. Well, that guy has a name. Uh, C.J. Stroud uh, was gonna be the uh, Heisman favorite, and all of a sudden, uh, Hooker has came in and taken the reins. And they saying right now it is his Heisman to lose, man. That's uh, what Mom. Vegas says, or who, who Vegas, says Vegas, Vegas, Vegas is saying that right now. Vegas, uh, hey, shout out to Vegas, man. Vegas try to let us know some things sometimes, man. So, about how you feel about a uh, hooker being the favorite right now? I don't, I don't mind him being the favorite. Um, that's fine, but I also think you got to put uh, Caleb Williams in there, and um, Caleb Williams has been a he's had a tremendous season. Uh, got USC back uh, where they want to be. Uh, well, almost what it want to be. Uh, also, uh, running back for Michigan, uh, Blake Corum, yeah. uh, having having a real good season. Um, quietly having a great season. If they end up um, undefeated, um, winning the Big Ten, don't be surprised. Uh, well, I'm, I think definitely he'll be in New York, but he he may win it too. But yeah, I'm not mad at him. The hooker, uh, number two team in the country right now. Uh, Possibly the number two team in the country right now. Um, playing well, man. Uh, throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, high octane offense. I think they got the number two scoring offense in the country. I'm not mad at it. He could be the favorite, but I think those three for me would be uh, the guys I'll keep an eye on. Yeah, I'll say for me, um, Hooker, obviously, what he's doing right now with Tennessee, I mean, my thing is going to be this. Georgia game is going to be very important for that to actually happen because it's one thing to go out there and lose to Georgia, right? Which I think we kind of all agree they're probably going to lose to Georgia, but it's how you lose to Georgia. And I think that they're going to use that against him because, I mean, you got to show up in the bigger games and the bigger moments. I mean, what he did to Kentucky was phenomenal. They just, they, 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 yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Um, Bo Nix, I know Oregon started out weird. They got stumped. I, I would never make another bet. That's why I've never made another bet against George like any but not. Bo Nix, man, I mean, he's his stock is rising. Right now, if I'm not mistaken, I had to go look at the odds myself. I think he's up in the top five now as far as Kansas. Yeah. I think he has a few more games to where he can sort of solidify himself. And um, 
I mean, like I, I like the Michigan running back, um, but C.J. Stroud is undefeated, and I wonder how do they weigh that now because winning does play a factor in that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you could be great, but a lot of reason why the guys like the you know liners and certain quarterbacks have won is because their teams were undefeated and they were powerhouses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much about what they did individually because we talked about that year when you know Texas had Vince Young. Vince Young probably could have won Heisman, but yeah. the team that he was going against was that USC team and they were unreal. So I do agree with um Hooker being a favorite, but yeah, yeah. we're gonna find out with Georgia because everything can get real. And if you yeah. go out there and have a stink, and what I mean is this it's okay to go out there throw a pick or whatever, but if you go out there and look like you had never been a part of it, then everything goes away. It blows it um, up. But like I said, I like the receiver that they got. He's throwing to as well. Um, I don't think he's a hybrid favorite, but he got some two, weapons to, to do it. Two Guns Jr., man. You can throw that damn in there, too. Uh, uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about him. Two he Guns Jr., man. Hey, hey Ohio, Ohio State, man. Hey, Two Guns is the shoot. Junior is the shoot. But, yeah, I'm going I'm to rock with it. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I would be very shocked that if he doesn't win it. But I think that this game is important for him. Either win or loss is how you lose. It's going to determine that as well. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, um, Heisman favorite. I can I can definitely agree with that, but I, I still say that uh, Bryce Young is the best player in the country. Uh, I, I hate that you know he got hurt and missed the game, and you know, and they do have the loss to Tennessee. But even when Alabama played Tennessee, um, Hooker took advantage of some great play calls. Um, like I say, Hypo can play, you know, is, is a wonderful play call. And that's no disrespect to Hooker. I think Bryce Young is just the best player in the country, gotcha. hands down. Um, but I think, you know, one, we're probably not going to see a guy get two Heismans in a row. Um, and then he missed the game and he has that loss. So I, I think it's, I think it's fair for um uh, Hooker to be the Heisman favorite right now, man. He's doing it in the best conference, and he's doing it against the best competition. And, and Hendo, I, I do agree with you. This Georgia game can be a make-or-break game. And I just, you know, I, I hope I hope it is a break game for the sake of uh, uh, Georgia. But Hendo Hooker is somebody that I've been high on all season long, uh, since the preseason, since last year, seeing him uh, play and compete. So uh, I like him winning the favorite. I like him winning the Heisman this year. He can he can win it or lose it Saturday, man. Yeah, because if he, he goes out there, I'm telling you, he's gonna be a fan favorite or even a media favorite if he goes out there and just shows that he's comparable to play against mm-hmm. a team of that nature. But if he goes out there and has the, I didn't look like I should have been out there moment. Boy, they are gonna kill him for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, now, now, Hendo, I want to see this one right here, man. This is because I, I know where you're gonna go on this topic right Ooh. here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I think I know where you're going to go. So, um, Hendo, we got the way too early NBA MVP right now, man. Hendo, I'm, I'm just um, – um, I really want to see which way you're going to go with this, Hendo. Who's your way too early MVP in the league right now? I know by popular demand, I should say Luka. Um, I think obviously covering, covering the team. I mean, statistically, he's doing some things this year that are phenomenal. But I'm going to go Giannis. I just look at Milwaukee, Whoa. man. Whoa! You pick Giannis? Uh, yeah, man. Because my thing is this, man. Like, you got to win too with it. And I know we gave that one year exception to Russ, right? When he won MVP, Russell Westbrook. But to me, you doing this without Chris Middleton, and I know it's early, so this is the too early thing. But they're playing great basketball, man. Without Chris Middleton, and he's the engine, right? And to me, people don't want to accept Giannis's dominance. 
And I and and I'm hoping in a way, obviously I would love for Luca to win MVP, but I'm hoping Giannis wins MVP for sake of like all-time legacy standpoints, because it's gonna be hard to deny a lot of things at that point with him. And um I think right now he is the favorite. Um he's winning. He's uh the schedules obviously strength of schedules could be questioned, but he's played some good teams. And like I said, when you don't have his Robin or quote unquote one A, one B type guy and, and Chris Mills, he's still doing it and he's willing that team and Look, man, he had to go on and give himself some flowers when he was talking about it the other day in a press conference. So I'm going to say, Giannis, I mean, obviously Luca is phenomenal. But, look, man, there's a lot of guys right now that are putting up crazy numbers. But mm-hmm. I don't really hold weight on guys that are teams that are 3-3 three and three or 4-3. and three. Like John Moran's been talked about. All those guys are well-deserved. But Giannis is clear-cut for me right now. And, though, I ain't going to tell you no story, man. You shocked the mess out of me because I, was, I- yeah. I just knew you was gonna pick Luca, right? But um, yeah, yeah. you gotta be real. Hey, hey, Hendo, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, Giannis is, is right now is my is my way too early MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers that he's putting up, I mean, I think we got like four or five guys that's averaging over thirty points a game right now. But for Giannis to still be undefeated, like you said, without Chris Middleton, and he's going out there and taking it, man. Like when you just go um, and just dominate the way that he's been dominating. Uh, you, you, it's just hard for me not to say that Giannis is that guy right now. Like he's the best player in the league right now. I think the other guy in Golden State has a case as well. But um, Giannis is putting his team on his back, man. He's doing it on all ends of the floor, man. He can score up forty. He's gonna grab fifteen rebounds. He's gonna be the best defensive player. He's gonna be the best everything out there, man. So I'm going Giannis as well. So Maul, I, I'm interested to see where you going with this thing, man. Where you going with it? Man, look, man. Um, yeah, it's clearly Giannis, but man, there's there's somebody that's really near and dear to my heart, man. Uh oh, man. Uh oh. Hey, Hendo, I bet y'all oh, know we're going with this one. I know uh, we're going to. Go uh, no, y'all don't know where I'm going. There's somebody near and dear to my heart that that called Giannis for the past two years of Robin. I, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm I'm leave him nameless. Oh. But for the past two years, he he's called Middleton the Batman, and mm. my man Giannis uh, and Milwaukee, the only undefeated team in the league. Giannis is averaging 31, 13, and five, I believe it is one one and a half blocks, almost sixty percent from the floor. Man, that's a Robin though in somebody's. He's near and yeah. dear to me. Love him like a brother. Um. But he called Giannis a, a Robin, man, and and I'm real proud of him because he just said well, it's way too early, way too early. But he called him the MVP, and I'm proud of him. But man, uh, 37 99, Hendo. 37 99. I get the Mavericks are three and three. Mm-hmm. 36 9 and 37 99 is is nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know there's some verbal that he's had it. So the thing is this, his out, and I agree, the numbers are there. The problem mm-hmm. that I would run into is this, everything that I preached about, the winning does have to play it. It's going to have to play it. Unless KC does something that Russell Westbrook has done. Yeah, um, yeah Luca's been utterly amazing. I think a couple of guys, Donovan Mitchell, who we haven't talked about. Donovan yeah. Mitchell has put up some crazy scoring numbers, right? That's um, true. Like, I mean, Prior to last night's game, I thought, you know, even though the statistics may not show it, Trey Young has been utterly amazing. I think he's 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 they're trying to figure this team out in Atlanta. I, I got a couple of guys, but my thing on Luke is gonna be this. Somebody can argue, well, yeah, he 
he's had a couple of games this year, like even that OKC game where they lost. He had the numbers, but mm-hmm. if you looked at the stat sheet and saw that he shot poorly, he done some the turnovers, different mm-hmm. things. And yeah, but yeah, 37 99 is hard to compete with. And I mean, if he keeps that up, that'll be the only argument he has. But I just can't imagine, you know, Giannis. Like if that team wins somehow wins 65 games, let's say if something happened to Chris Milton, West Point Long, and he continues this, I don't know how you deny him. But yeah, I mean Luca is gonna be a favorite for a lot of people because of the numbers, but I look at it from the winning too. Like he's doing that, but they that team looks on and off. I get that. But I, 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 I just want I, I just want to say, Jamal, um that guy also said that uh, Giannis is the best player in the league right now, too, man. Just um, I'm glad you came around, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I mean, because you're over there dry snitching on me, man. Be- best, just, player, just, best player, hey, best player hey, in the league hey, being a Robin, hey, man. It's crazy. Hey, 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 hey. No, hey, I, I just want to put it on record. <laughs> I said, when it comes time to land the play, man, it, it was Chris Middleton when it came time to land the plane. Those big games besides the game six in the um in the NBA Finals. But, you know, we, we seen Chris Middleton shoot it out, man, with, with Atlanta. We seen him like have Kobe. great, great, like great Kobe. shootout. I mean, not, but he, yeah. he was winning. Hey, yeah. hey, Chris Middleton was winning in his shootouts, though. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm just saying. Oh, but, hey, uh, oh, I, 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 I digress because that's going to – y'all going to have people going into my inbox and stuff like that, man, on, the, on those hot takes. But this is what I'm really interested for Hendo right here. Now, Hendo, I'm going to pop this off because, oh, you know – but I, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna give you, you know, I want you to get your blazer on. Um, <laughs> get your get your blaze on. Um, because especially you and Maul, you know, y'all y'all had this conversation, but yeah. uh yeah, um, you know, and this has been a conversation all summer. I think we've been talking about this for over a year as well. All all three of us and all the guys collectively. Um uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is a contract year as well, correct? Is this a contract? No, no, it's not a contract, it's not a contract. For for pilot, it is okay, but Zeke has an option this year. Is it an option this year? They can release him, yeah. So basically, the cap works Mm -hmm. is if they keep him, it's 11 million dollars. If they cut him, they only have to Mm -hmm. pay five. So we know what that that, that looks like, yeah, yeah. What that that looks like, so so Hendo, yeah, from my perspective, okay, my my perspective, okay, I think everybody's perspective, perspective. uh, okay, is is uh, you know. I always felt that Tony Tony Pollard was was the guy, and you know I, I hear you talk about you know it's 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 a good balance, you know running deal, you know Zeke can take the pounding, you know and Pollard's to change your pace back, and you know you know hit hit different things, and you know Zeke probably wasn't being fed enough, but for the last couple of years, man, Tony Pollard's look explosive. He looks like he he can move the ball up the field. He can break those big runs that Zeke used to break. Not saying that he's not capable of it anymore, but Zeke used to be that big play back. He used to be that scary back that can go and take a run that's supposed to go three or four yards and can still take it 20 or 30 or 40 and break out and things of that nature. And Tony Pollard, just when he's in that backfield, man, I mean, his explosiveness, I don't know, like I agree, man, maybe his body can't take the pounding, but Zeke has been the one that's been hurt the last Last two two to three years it hadn't been tony pollard um and i think that offense has a, another dimension i mean because you at a point right now you know you got Dak back um you know and you had your, your qb controversy um quote unquote people wanted to be a, a controversy with uh with, with cooper rush but we know Dak is obviously the better quarterback but you got philly that's seven and oh right now i mean you're in a division race and philly just came and, and beat you and you're one game behind. I think you got to be able to put your best players on the field, man. Your defense is great. 
Um, I think it's time to let Tony Pollard take a lot of pressure off of Dak Prescott and go ahead and let Tony Parker be the bell cow that offense and Zeke, man, be the change of pace guy. But, Hendo, I'm about to come spot in on you, man. You got your blaze on, man. Let's go. Uh, Look, um, I don't disagree with anybody who says from a talent standpoint that Tony Pollard offers more. Um, I do agree that he probably fits his team's dynamic better. Um, it was it was similar to when like Green Bay when McCarthy was there they had Tom Montgomery right they had this guy that could change the pace could catch do things um, yeah the, the offense does look better with Tony Pollard and I think that has a lot to do with the play calling you have more opportunity with his speed um, he changes the pace of the game but the problem is this the last two times that Dak has gotten hurt Tony Pollard was on the field with him. Mm. and that's the block and I think that mm. Zeke mm. makes that. Zeke makes that slight difference. And I know people gonna say, well, it's just blocking. But, you know, as we all know, blocking is important for a running back, especially in past situations. Um, I'm more – I would be more opposed to the idea that they both split carries. Um, it's tough for me to grade anything considering it was Chicago and knowing what we know about Chicago now. I mean, they did have a top three pass defense, but their run offense was – defense wasn't good. Uh, we'll see because they're going to start playing some teams that do have the – the run defense that can sort of stop that a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, Tony Powell is the better player. I do think that, like, the dynamic is, and I think Michael Irvin said something that was very important is, there's a relationship thing there between Dak, Zeke, and, and that team. The team sort of rides with Zeke a little bit, and I wonder from the point, how does that look? Even though, yeah, Tony Powell may get the more opportunities, but I think if you just flat out not – you know, just make him to where he's only getting five carries a game because we've seen Zeke be effective, right? We've seen flashes and moments. I think it's just about how you use them. Now, like to me, have them both out there in certain situations, right? Like Tony Pollard this year was supposed to be, from what we were told through the media, was he could he can line up as a receiver. He he's done that before. He can do different things. So he's not just a running back. And to me, yeah, right now, obviously he's the better player. Clear cut. That's not a question. Um, I do think the Cowboys just because of the dynamic of not wanting to pay running backs anymore, you probably could move on from him. But my issue is if you move on from Zeke, that means you better hope that you keep a Tony Pollard because I don't know how you walk in the next season with none of them. And then you're trying to say that, Hey, yeah, we made the right decision. So um, I think that you probably should have locked up Tony Pollard a little differently, maybe gave him a cheaper deal when you have a chance. Cause I think he's going to get paid now. He's a, he's on audition. And also one key thing that changes this team is this. The running game is going to get better in a couple of weeks. Tyron Smith is going to be back. So you get your left tackle, which means you can put your rookie, who's probably pretty good at left tackle, back at his position at left guard. So you're going to get a lot of weapons back healthy. But, yeah, Tony Paul is the better running back. You're not going to get that from me, but I will say this. I want Zeke to get a little more respect about getting the carries because when he has gotten the carries, we've seen the impact. And, um, I mean, he's had games where he's had five or six yards of carry. He's had the games where he's only had four, right? But um, in the show yard of situations at goal line, that's where Zeke is important. It kind of reminds me of when those Falcons had T.J. Duncan and Warwick Dunn. Well, you knew Warwick Dunn was the – like Tony Paul's like that Warwick Dunn, but you had the bruiser and T.J. Duckett in the short situations, and it worked. And I think that, that you can have this identity. You need both. And why not play them both? But I will say clocking in, Tony Paul needs to clock in a little bit more than Zeke at this point. Now, honestly, I told you all this already. I don't think Zeke should be playing for the next two or three weeks. If he, if it's true about his knee, I don't see the reason to rush him back. 
Um, I think that you look at it like and say, hey, get yourself ready. We're going to need you in December, January, not right now. Because when it gets cold, that's when we're going to see who Tony Pollard is because he got to play teams in that act, that weather and stuff and like that, and you're going to need that. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's unfortunate for Zeke with the injuries. But like I said, he's had his moments. But, yeah, you can definitely see the loss of the, the burst. But he's never really had that. But to me, the missing, like, him not being able to, like, break tackles and make the extra push on the run, because that was something that Zeke was always notorious for. It wasn't about him making the breakaway runs. It was about that first contact, what he did afterwards. He's not even doing that anymore. But his yeah. back blocking is there. So so let me ask this real fast, Ma, before I get into it, because you and Hendo was going at it, man, offseason. Uh, yeah. uh, um, where y'all at on this bet, man, of uh, Zeke oh, getting 1,000 yards, man? Y- y'all yeah, still think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it? The time frame will be on um, – Thursday morning, I'm going to – if he doesn't – if they announce that he's out, we'll find out by Thursday. The, the the bet will be handed over. I've already made it clear. Any games missed does not help me. Like, Zeke is not going to get 150 yards a game all of a sudden. So, yeah, yeah it's over. It's I lost over. that bet fair square. I'll take it. But I will say that Zeke proved that he can still run the football a little bit. He didn't look bad. He just – yeah, he got hurt. I'm going to use that. Yeah. All right, Bob, where we at with it, man? Hey, talk to me. Talk to me. Is it time? Uh, no, they need both of them. Um, we don't know what Tony Pollard is. Um, so to just hand it over to him right right now. Yeah. Tony Pollard has more yards on less carries than Zeke. Um, I think the average is six, 6.1 to 4.2 in, in favor of Pollard, but they need both. Um, for what Hendo was saying for the tough yards, you want Zeke for the pass blocking. You want Zeke. Now, you do need Pollard for explosive plays, um, the change of pace and all that. Um, so for the rest of the year, you need both. Um, can Tony Pollard be your bell cow, your number one going forward? Who knows? Um, only only uh, the front office in Dallas uh, knows that for sure. Um, they have to make that decision. Uh, they're probably going to let Zeke go in the offseason. Um, just a... Uh, you know, that's just doing business, man. Running backs making that much money doesn't make any sense. So, uh, but for the rest of the year, you keep both of them. Um, I think you give a little more uh, carries to, to Pollard, but keep it the same, man. They need both of them to win. Uh, they've been doing good this year. Uh, both of them, even even Zeke has been doing good on the on the opportunities opportunities he's uh, gotten. So. Um, but no, don't just push him to to the side. Uh, give him a little bit more uh, cares, but no, nah, don't push him to the side. Uh, talking about Zeke. All right, y'all, man, we about to we about to bring this thing on home, man. We about to bring it on home. We got Game Three of the World Series tonight, man. Just got postponed, so they up in Philly, up in Philly. Hendo, I know, man, baseball is dear to your heart, man. Which, which, how you like this series? Who you think wins tonight, and how you think the rest of the series go? You know. I- uh, look, I, I'm not a Houston Astros supporter. I do have a lot of guys that I deal with, good friends on that team, even the organization. But um, from a talent standpoint, that pitching staff is phenomenal. I mean, you got the random Justin Verlander having a bad game one or not what he used. Because, I mean, he had the record 7-0 and in game ones in playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. He's never been beaten. In, he had the random bad World Series game. Um, tonight you're going to get, a, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, North Syndergaard versus Lance McCullers. Uh, Syndergaard, I think he may be a free agent coming up. This may be an auditioning showing that, hey, I can still be that guy, right, for Philly. And um, Lance McCullough, who was hurt relatively throughout the year, still is a good arm, great arm. 
Um, I just look at the talent on both teams, and I think that the separator is that I trust Houston's pitching a lot more because not only did on the other end Verlander got touched up, Wheeler and Nola, who were considered both of the two guys in Philly, got touched up. And they – Bryce Harper's been unreal, and I think that this is a a magical run. Like, I kind of figured once they got past Atlanta, there may be something there because they're just hot. They're, They're getting it going. Uh, Cal Schwarber, he's been there, done that. Um, they got guys that have been in situations like this before, but I think Houston wins this game. Um, I'm waiting on Altuve to have that moment to where he has his big game. And he had, and that's the thing, he had been relatively good in his playoffs. And look at how they've been able to win with that. I mean, Jeremy Pena is making a name for himself. He's on shortstop over there. Um, if I was a betting man, depending on the odds. Philly has a has a chance, but I think Houston is the better team. And look, Dusty Baker, this is the ghost. And I will say this right now on record. If in the event Houston loses this game, I think the series may be over. Because I just mm-hmm. the problem is this: you let them get one in Houston. Mm-hmm. Now you got to win at least two here. And Philadelphia's environment is different. You're playing in different elements. The weather's gonna be a little bit chilly. Um the the because you're used to playing in the in the roof in Houston. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, but their pitching staff is phenomenal. Um, you got to see more for that bullpen with Ryan Stanek and different guys, but I got Houston winning it. But if Philly wins this game, Bryce Harper may have his first World Series coming over to him. And from historic value, boy, we're going to have to have the, the, the Blazer talk about all-time rankings with him. So, yeah, I got I got Houston winning, but this is a big big game for Noah Syndergaard, who got traded there during the midseason. Uh, for him to be in an audition somewhat take for a team next year that looking to add an ace or a guy that could be a potential still ace, his health hadn't been there. He could prove to everybody that, hey, I'm still a big-time pitcher. So I got Houston winning this game, but if Phillies win this game, it may be over. Go ahead. I'm going to go and hop in there. Hendo, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Um, Houston got to win this game. And – you know, we, we talk about Verlander, man, it's probably one, you know, a, a generational pitcher. You know, you know, people got him up there as one of the, you know, the greatest pitchers of all time, rightfully so. Um, but this this is the thing, Hendo. I think this is, what, his fourth World Series um, that he's been a part of. I know he was hurt um, last year. Um, but in World Series, Verlander has not won a World Series game in his career. Uh, he has not won one in his career. And so I'm, I'm afraid um, if – if Houston is not in a position to go ahead and put a stranglehold in this series when it comes back to Verlander and having that on his back that he's never won a World Series game in his career, um, I think that's some extra added pressure for him um, to be able to go ahead and close things out or at least have to win a pivotal game uh, such as a game four or game five. So I think uh, the Astros got to put this into a, a stranglehold. And also, man, I, I, I want to see Dusty Baker get one, man. That's just a guy – just for me, man, that, um, you know, grew up on Dusty Baker, man. Dusty Baker, man, just being that manager, man, that, that we, you know, we always seen. And I always see him get so close and uh, and, and never win it. I Outside of the Braves, like, you know, I don't – I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not a big fan of the Astros either, but I'm a huge fan of Dusty Baker, and I really want to see him uh, get one so he can put his name as one of the greatest coaches of all time because I think the only thing that's keeping him out of there is that ring. You know, we had that ring conversation. So um, 
I think the Astros gonna handle business tonight, man. I think they got the better bats as well, and uh, they're gonna go ahead and handle it and uh, put this put this series away. I don't see Phillies winning another game. Yeah, yeah, I, I disagree with y'all. This isn't a must win for Houston. Houston has been here, done that, uh, been to the playoffs. Uh, I think what six straight years, seven out of eight. Yeah. So they they know they know how to you know operate in these situations. This is one one. It ain't no two. Um, Philly stole one, came back and won game one at the uh, at the end. Uh, Philly's hot. They've been hot. Um, but at some point, those bats got to cool down because Houston does have the better pitching staff. Yes. Um, they they have the better roster, um, better hitters. But again, Philly's been hot. So I don't think this is a must win. I, I had Houston in six. That's still in the cards. Uh, so if, even if Philly wins tonight, um, I still got Houston winning. Uh, I think uh, Houston does win this game tonight, though. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a backdoor sweep, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Houston in, in five. So um, that's my take on it, man. I, I'm Like y'all said with Dusty Baker, Hope, hope he gets one. Should have got one back in San Francisco with Bonds uh, two decades ago. But, uh, you know, maybe this is his time. Hopefully it's his time. So. Yeah, I mean, and from a historic preference, I mean, obviously being African-American, you know, Dusty Baker, I think if I'm not mistaken, the last – if I'm not mistaken, the last match was Cito Gaston back in 90 or 92 with the Blue Jays. 92. So, yeah, so, like, you know, you, you got some historic preference there. And like I said, for Dusty – that 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 monkey, that demon that's been there for his whole career because he's had some great teams that you know come up short. I mean, he's he's coached some generational guys like Barry Bonds that got to the World Series. They haven't run to the Angels who were hot and they lost their series. Like he's had his moments, right? So for Dusty, I you know, just the conversations I had with him and stuff and just being able to talk to him, I don't think it's such a pressure for him, but I do believe that inside his mind this will be sort of like a curtain call for him because if he wins this, who say he doesn't retire? Or if he runs it back again, this Houston team is good enough to where, yeah, you would come back and run it back again. But the scary part about that is this. If they were to get gentlemen swept, how does the front office look at that? Because they are the more talented team. There has been some situations where you probably left a pitcher in too long. That was a manager's call and different things like that. But I, I really think that Houston should win this. And, man, Alex Bregman got hot. They got the better team. Like, if you went on paper, Bryce Harper may be the best player on the field, right? Yeah. But everything else points at you. <laughs> like, I, love I mean, global, but, yeah. let's be real. I mean, nobody picked the Phillies to be here. They finished third in the division. Yeah. And – they just went on a tear. I mean, nobody they picked them. They've gotten lucky. They've gotten – you want to talk about luck, and I know I, I don't want to discredit them, but I really thought that, like, they've already faced a team, I won't say similar to the Braves, to the Astros, but, like, the Braves who have that. But they ran into a situation where Max Free wasn't – I don't know what happened to him in that series, but uh, Strider as well. Like, they just – it seemed like the moment got there for them, but I think mm. they got lucky because I feel like this is their only opportunity to do this. If they do it now, they're not going to do this next year. I'm putting that on the record now. Teams are going to get better. Those two teams that are in the NL East, I mean, in the NL East, you got the Mets, you got the, those teams are coming. Mm-hmm. And they're better teams. They just got lucky. Like, this is it's a magical run, and it wouldn't shock me if it happened, but come on, Dusty. I need I need this with Dusty. Like, you need this one, Dusty. Like, Dusty got to get this, man. Like, we, like, I hate it because he he's he's like the Don Nelson of the, of the Major League Baseball. He has mm-hmm. all the wins. 
but he has nothing else. Nothing else to show for it. Yeah. We can't let we can't let the world forget about Dusty Baker like we tend to do, man. We can't <laughs> let the world. Well, hey guys, listen, man. We we ran through those. Hendo, as always, man. We appreciate you, man. Hey, make sure y'all follow everybody appreciate on Instagram it, and Twitter, man. Y'all got Jamal, man. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. See Hendo Instagram and Twitter. Derek Williams, I Instagram and Twitter. And make sure you follow follow All Takes Matter on Instagram and Twitter as well, guys. Hey, we'll see y'all next episode. Y'all have a great day, and we'll be back. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. Peace.